sang, we're no longer a slave to fear. We're children of you, the living God. Fear has no dominion over us because you've given us the spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. We're your slaves here tonight, Lord, bond servants of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're not going to fear. We're going to know you have our backs. You have protected us. And we love you for it. Lord, we give you this night for your glory. In Jesus' holy name, amen and amen. Thank you, Matt. It was beautiful. Amen. Praise the Lord. If we're clapping, I have a feeling God's sitting on his throne pretty happy himself, you know. Anyway, for those online, we're glad you're here. You're listening to Freedom Church at the Palm Beaches, and I'm Pastor Joe Trapani. So we're glad you're tuned in. You can go to our website anytime, freedomchurchpb.org, freedomchurchpb.org. We're at 2810 High Paluxo Road in Lantana, Florida. And we're about a quarter mile west of I-95 on the north side of the road. So uh, stop by and see us if you're local. We're here every Sunday at, at uh, 10 a.m. And we're here every Thursday night at 7.15. Okay, so think about stopping in someday if you're local. Um, we need to get back out to church. A lot of people are still um, staying home, watching online. That's great. I'm glad you're watching online, but the Word of God says, Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together, as is the habit of some, but as all the more as you see that they draw near. And I don't know, this is the closest I've ever seen it, the way the world's going. You know, the day is drawing near for Christ's returns. And I don't know about you, but I can't wait. I can't wait for it. So we're we're happy. You can win. We're, we're all about Jesus here. And... Uh, you know, if you love Jesus, you feel comfortable here because everybody loves Jesus and they love one another, and we're fulfilling that commandments that Jesus gave us. You know, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. And then all men will know that we are Christ's disciples. So keep on loving everyone, and um, and that'll be great. So anyway, online, for if you go to our website, you can find out all about us. You can... You can listen to messages from years past. You can also donate online. And while we're on that donate thing, I don't know if you're part of this church. If you are, you should be tithing to the church so the gospel goes on. We got two missionaries that we support at this little church. You know, we got Brett, you know, who's traveled pretty much all over the place, Tan Tanzania, Africa, Nigeria, um, you know, he's been in Sweden, he's been in Finland, you know, he's been in Brazil, he's been in, uh, where did he just come from, um, Brazil? Brazil, yeah, Brazil, he just got home, got stuck in Brazil, but we're glad he's back home. He, you know, he he keeps busy, and, you know, we support him, and Matt also, the one who just, you know, was playing the worship for us, you know, he's headed to Brazil to teach English to the local uh, people that that uh, are going to be sent out as missionaries to English-speaking countries. That's what Matt's going to be doing. So he's going to be gone from here for at least six months. And, uh, you know, we, we're going to support him too. So not only with, with prayer and encouragement, but also uh, finances because it takes money to do these things, unfortunately. You know what? And then the devil has set the churches way back. I'm not just talking about this church. I'm talking about every church. He, he's filtered out the congregations, and what they do, if they don't come to church, they don't tie. They figure it can get a free, free note there. That's not true. God knows what you're doing, and he commands, you know, the tithe and give and even alms to the poor. So, um, you know, you've got to do it, and if you don't do it, you're slowing down the gospel, and that means we're going to have to be here for a longer period of time, which I don't know about you, but as I said earlier, I can't wait to get out of here. This is not our home. You know, we're only here for a temporary time. We're stewards for the Lord Jesus Christ of everything that you have is really his, you know, and you're just um, managing it for him for a time. So praise the Lord. You know, you know, we um, 
hope you can see the spirituality in this because this, I'm not talking carnal. I don't want an airplane. I don't want a yacht. All I want to do is love on Jesus and get to heaven and serve him and worship him. You know, and I'm going to get there, and I know people in this congregation, they know what I preach, so I believe you guys will all be there. God don't want head knowledge. He wants heart knowledge. That's what David had. He had heart knowledge, and he did some horrible things. But, you know, he had a heart that chased after God. And as soon as he was rebuked by the prophets for his sin with Bathsheba and, and having Uriah, you know, ex killed, you know, um, really an execution, you know, uh, he immediately repented. And that's what God's looking at, a repentant heart. So anyway, we're going to be studying a little bit on Paul tonight. So um, for those of you online, if you're local, please stop by. Send 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings. We also have a men's Bible study that meets on Saturday at 9 a.m. 9 a.m. Saturday if you're local. We have a good uh, Bible study. We even have a, have a pastor from another church that comes here, you know, to teach and to learn, you know. Um, so, you know, that's, uh, that's a good, good note that you need to know. So anyway... Um, let's get into our study. Oh, I do want to pray before we leave, you know, uh, before we get into the study. I want to do pray for uh, Janice Baratari and Harry because, you know, they've got some, as we prayed over her on Sunday, but there's some doctor things going on, and Harry shared with it on Sunday after service. But I do want to pray for, for her. You know, we prayed with them. I prayed with them yesterday, and we went, even went over the house and spent a good hour and a half with them before they had doctor appointments. So anyway, let's pray for that. You know, we're a church, and we believe in divine healing. We believe that you can pray to, you can pray to God in faith, <coughs> excuse me, in the name of Jesus Christ, and we believe that, that you know, you can move the mountain. And Jesus said in uh, Mark 11, and in Matthew, you know, he said, if you say to this mountain, he didn't say, ask God to move the mountain. He said, you move the mountain in my name. Okay? So, so I mean, that's moving your faith to a different level. You know? In other words, you can tell a mountain. We're not talking a literal mountain here. We're talking a mountain in your life, whatever it could be. You know, it could be drugs, alcohol, marriage, you know, anything. You know, sickness, disease. Anyway, Father, in Jesus' name, we bow our hearts before you, Lord. We come to you. You said, ask, and it shall be given. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door shall be opened. And everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds, and he who knocks, the door shall be opened. And, Lord, that's not the only scripture, Lord. You tell us to pray without ceasing. You say if we pray, have the prayer of faith, we can cause mountains to move. David moved a mountain with a slingshot. Not a literal mountain, but a guy that was shaped like a mountain. One slingshot with God. He can, you can do all things through Christ. And that's the next verse in, in Matthew and, and Mark 11 is you can do all things through Christ. We can do all things. All things are possible with God. So, Lord, we move this mountain. Janice is losing her balance, and the doctors are trying to find out why. And, Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus, that that mountain in her life be moved out of the way, Father, because of our, our faith in you. You said it. I didn't say it. And we happen to believe that you are the way to heaven. You are the truth. Your word tells the truth. And you are the life. You are the, our eternal life. So, Lord, we give this problem over to you. If evil forces of wickedness are involved anywhere, we rebuke them. We bind them back in Jesus Christ. We remind them that they have been defeated at the cross because Jesus crushed his skull, and he made an open spectacle of the devil. So, Lord, we assign that devil and tell him that his assignments from Satan himself, if they come from there, or a higher-up demonic force, we say to them, your assignment is canceled against Banjanus and Harry Baratari in Jesus' holy name. Let it be done. Amen and amen. Amen. All right. You know, prayers are supposed to be packed with power, right? You know, prayers are packed with power. Jesus says, you know, 
he tells us, I think it's Proverbs or Psalm 18, that he, he's, a, he's our friend. He sticks closer than a brother. So if you talk to your brother, you know, the way you talk to your earthly brother, you know, like if he's, he's there for us. He knows our heart before it even comes out. Anyway, Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, if you want to turn there. Like I said earlier, I don't know if we're going to stay in Romans. I'm used to doing by, you know, verse by verse uh, expositional Bible studies. But I don't know. I just grabbed this chapter this week, and I, I'm not going to tackle the whole chapter. But if we continue in Romans, we're going to see what the Holy Spirit has to say. So Romans, I'm going to read from the uh, New King James Version here. Okay, we're going to read like the first uh, 11 verses or 13 verses, okay? <clears throat> Paul, a bond servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God, which he promised before through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Through him we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith along, among all the nations for his name, among whom you also are the called of Jesus Christ. To all who are in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through, through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. And God is my witness, for I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers, making request if by some means now at, the, at last I find a way in the will of God to come to you. For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift, so that you may be established. That is, that I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith bond of you and me. Now I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that I often planned to come to you, but was hindered until now, that I might have some fruit among you, just as among the other Gentiles. We'll stop it right there. I want to I want to dig kind of deep in the first couple verses here as we go. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ. That word servant there in Greek is doulos, which means a bond servant. That means the entire property, you're being an entire property of another. If you're a bond servant of Jesus Christ, you, you're, you're in the entire property of God Almighty in Christ Jesus. You know, he says a bond slave. If you go deeper into that, you'll find out Paul's talking about like being a galley slave on a sail ship. You know, that, but in our days, now they have engines that can propel a sail, sailboat wherever he wants to go. But in those days, they had, uh, they had um, galley slaves underneath the second tier of the boat down, and they would row the boat. That's a galley slave. And they usually would be chained so that they can't escape or jump overboard, you know, in shallow water and get to shore. These people were chained. Paul is telling you, I am a galley slave of Jesus Christ. I am chained to him. I am his bond servant. He, I am the entire property. My, my entire body is the property of another, and his name is Jesus Christ. That's the way the church today should feel. You are the bond servant of Jesus Christ. And you know other things like in the Old Testament, you know, the slaves had to be, re, you know, released every seven years. But if the slave wanted to stay with his master, he could go to the, the master would take him to the, to the door post and drive an awl through him and put a gold ring in his ear. 
And that would tell them, I'm a bond servant of Joe over here. I'm a bond servant of Jesus Christ. That's what Paul was telling us. Now, I want to ask the church out here, is that the way you feel? Are you a bond servant of Jesus Christ? Are you chained to him? You know, when the Word of God says, you know, ask, um, it says, um, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. That's talking about being chained to him, believing in him, chained to him as a galley slave. You're not about to over jump overboard. You're chained to him willingly, willingly. And then it goes on, it says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, called to be an apostle. That means, listen, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you have been divinely, divinely selected by God. You've been divinely selected by God. It wasn't, you know, you were picked up in first in the NFL draft. You, you, you were hand-selected by God. So you are called, you're divinely selected for a church office. And let's go to those church offices. Turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. Okay? Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11. Okay, so you were called, listen, it says here that some are called, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and teachers. Listen, God has called you as a divine selected person to, to uh, be or even uphold an office within the church. Now, some are apostles. Some are prophets, some are evangelists, some are real are uh, pastors, and some are teachers. Now, you know, the church today, some of them have problems with some of these gifts, or some of these offices, I should say. A lot of people think there aren't any apostles today. Well, I disagree with them. I disagree with them immensely, because I've seen apostles in action in other countries. You don't see it so much here in America. They might call themselves apostles, but you see it. And what does an apostle do? An apostle goes around and he starts churches. That's what Paul did. He starts churches. Paul, on his first missionary trip, started several churches. And I don't have the list here with me, nor do I remember them all, but he started churches, him and Barnabas. He was an apostle. What does an apostle do? He runs around and starts churches here and there, preaching the gospel, and then he comes back to those churches and preaches in those churches to make and checks on them, make sure they're in line. And also, probably in, in most cases, like Paul did, he appoints elders. He appoints elders. Okay, and how about prophets? Are there prophets today? Yes, there are prophets today. If you're a prophet, I don't believe you should run around and tell everybody you're a prophet because they'll figure you out. If you're a prophet and you make a prophecy that came from God, you know, then and God backs it up, then you're you're a prophet. You know, then we got evangelists. You know, there's evangelists today. We don't have any problem with evangelists, but we have problems with with uh, apostles and prophets. But evangelists, you know, Billy Graham just left us and went home. You know, he graduated from this world, and now he's in the kingdom of heaven. Reinhard Bonnke also, a great evangelist. You know, they're gone. But, you know, they're, you know God is raising up other evangelists. You know, and there's, I believe that one evangelist is going to come out of this church, at least one. Okay? So an evangelist, what's he do? He goes out with really a simple message. That Christ came, he died, he's buried, and he is risen. And if you receive him as your Savior, you know, you're going to heaven. Now, he might, he might start out teaching in Romans chapter 1 like I am, but he's eventually going to get to that point. To make you think about this and evangelize you as a person or even a group of people or a nation. You know, we don't have any problems with evangelists. Some are pastors and some are teachers. Now, now, most, some pastors are teachers. Some people even argue over, are these two different offices or are they the same office? Well, 
I don't know. I don't know. I believe they're two different offices. I'm a pastor teacher. I teach more. You know, some some teachers are not pastors. That's just the way it is. There's a lot of teachers that are not pastors, but they're teachers of the Word of God. So, are what you need to find out what are you called to? Are you an evangelist? You could evangelize one on one. You can be over the phone evangelist. You could be a go to that place evangelist. You know, there's all kind of ways to do it today. Not like in Paul's days. He had to ride his donkey or his horse or whatever he had or walk everywhere he went to these different churches. You know, um, you know, we're told, we're told in 2 Corinthians, I'm going to turn there for chapter 6, verse 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And we know the second verse. I know the second verse. You know, it's, it's for he says, in an acceptable time, this is God talking, I heard you. In other words, you prayed to me years ago, maybe on the church steps so your wife wouldn't leave you or your husband wouldn't leave you or you were sick. You prayed on the church steps or in your bedroom. And at that acceptable time, God heard you. And in that day of salvation, he helped you, for that's for you that are saved today. You know, if you, if you prayed to him and he answered, and if you are saved today, he helped you, okay? Behold, God tells you now is the acceptable time. Now is the day to, to uh, receive salvation. I helped you, now you help me. I called you. Why wouldn't you accept the call? If you're called by Almighty God, why would anybody turn him down? This is God, not the President of the U.S. or the Prime Minister of England. It's Almighty God. Okay, but he go to the 17th verse. Therefore, if you're called by God and God helped you in your day of salvation, and you are a saved believer. Here's what God says. There's an instruction in this chapter, verse 17. Come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. In other words, you're going to be different. You're different than everybody else. You're different. He says, do not touch what is unclean. In other words, don't do the things the world does. You know, you should hate abortion. You should hate drugs and alcohol that claim many of your friends and even relatives. You should hate, train, uh, hate alcohol that, that actually causes a, a man or a woman to beat up their spouse or their, their, their friend. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. In other words, you have to turn. You have to turn. Actually, in Job chapter 14, verse 14, it says this. If a man dies, shall he live again? And then in that last part of that verse, it's, it says, you know, I'm going to remain this way until my change comes. In other words, there's a change that's going to happen in a person's life. Paul had a change. We're going to talk about it and read some verses on it sooner or later in this verse. Paul changed. He was a murderer. You know, he was there instigating when Stephen was martyred. They threw the people that stoned Stephen, threw their coats down before Paul because he most likely was the initiator of it. He had letters from the, from the Jews to go out and, and, and arrest the, the Christians. But Paul changed. If a man dies, shall he live again? Yes, when your change comes. That means you're going to be born again, just like Jesus says. You're no longer part of your flesh, but you're no longer part of this world. You've now been inherited the kingdom of God in the spirit of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. And I will receive you, and I will be to you a father to you, and you will be sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. <laughs> you are a son and a daughter of God. Wow. Wow. And we're going to see even, if you, if you know the word of God, it even gets, God even goes in deeper than that. Not only are you a son and a daughter, you're a saint. Not only are you a saint, you're, you're engaged to him. You're the bride of Christ. Wow. Beautiful things. 
So he goes on in that first verse. Paul is a bond servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, one that goes around, starts churches, revisits them, appoints elders, separated unto the gospel. That word separated in Greek, aphorizdo, set apart. There's a, he will separate them from one another as a shepherd divides the sheep from the goats. God took you out of your domain in this world, and he separated you. The sheep on the right and the goats on the left. He separated you because you've been called. You've accepted that call. You came out of the world because your change did come. You were born again. He brought you out of the world. I mean, out of this world, yeah. I will separate them from one another as a shepherd divides the sheep and the goats. We can look at three stages of Paul's separation. Listen, three steps, three, three stages of Paul's separation. Look, at birth, Galatians 1.15. Turn to Galatians 1.15 if you're in your Bibles. But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace. That's Paul talking. He's saying to you, God separated me even when I was in my mother's womb. He was called. That speaks against abortion. Okay? That speaks that God knew you in, in the, your mother's womb, which covers Psalm 119. You know, God knew you. Okay? So, God called Paul from his birth. And I believe anyone that's, that's received Christ as their Savior with their whole heart has been called from birth. You're even in your mother's womb, you called me. Number two, he was saved at, he was, uh, his second stage was at con conversion from Judaism to the gospel, which is Christianity. Acts 9, 15. Go to Acts 9, chapter 15. Or Acts chapter 9, verse 15. But the Lord said to him, this is his road to Damascus where Paul met the Lord, go, oh, this is Ananias, I'm sorry. Ananias didn't want to go to pray over Paul because he heard bad news about this guy. He was killing Christians chasing them down, arresting them, throwing them in jail. And Ananias questions God when God speaks to him. And he said, I heard of this guy. And the Lord said, but the Lord said to him, that's Ananias, go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my namesake. And Ananias went his way and entered the house and laying his hands on him he said brother Saul the Lord who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me that you might receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit <laughs> so Paul was his another stage was at his conversion you were you were your stage you were called in your mother's womb and you were called at your conversion because somewhere in your life, you know, you made a decision to follow after him and you were saved by your conversion. That happened to me. I know the exact date. Only because there was things happening in my life that I can pinpoint that day. Acts 26, we're going to get into that soon. But, you know, in number three, the number three stage is at Paul's commission. He was called at his commission. So go to Acts chapter 13, just a few pages to your right. Acts chapter 13, verse 1 and 2. Now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, who had been brought up with Herod, Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Separate 
to me Barnabas and Saul for the work that I have called them. And then fasting and prayed, they laid their hands on them and sent them away. This is at Paul's commission. So he was, well, first stage was in his mother's womb. Second stage was at his conversion that particular day that he met Jesus and received him. And at the commission, that's the commission from secular work to the work of God. That's what he was doing now. He was called. Remember? Remember that word called? He was divinely selected. Boy, you have, listen, if you're a Christian, you should have great self-esteem because you have been divinely selected by God Almighty himself. Awesome, awesome are we as they minister to the Lord. Let's read Acts chapter 26. Acts 26. I'm going to start in the 14th verse. Acts 26. The 14th verse. And when we had all fallen to the ground, I heard a voice speaking to me. This is his Damascus Road experience. He is giving a testimony. Speaking to me and saying in the Hebrew language, now we know what language Jesus spoke, right? Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So I said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness both of the things which you have seen and of the things which you are, will yet, I will yet reveal to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a, a, and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Here's Paul now. Therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, but declared first to those in Damascus and in Jerusalem and throughout the region of Judea, then to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God and do works befitting repentance. For this reason the Jews seized me in the temple and tried to kill me. Therefore, having obtained help from God to this day, I stand witnessing both to small and great, saying no other things than those which the prophets and Moses said would come, and that the Christ would suffer, that he would be first to rise from the dead and would proclaim light to the Gentile, to the Jewish people and to the Gentiles. Now, as he thus made his defense, Festus, look at Ball, he, he's going to go for it. He's going to go for it. He's, gonna, he's, he's a salesman, and he wants that bottom-line contract signed. Now, as he, was, as he thus made defense, Festus said in a loud voice, Paul, you are beside yourself. In other words, you're out of your mind, Paul. Much learning has driven you mad. But he said, I am not mad, most noble Festus. I speak the words of truth and reason. For the king, before whom I also speak freely, knows these things see here king agrippa know these things but he wasn't acting on them and there's a lot of people in this world that know these things but don't act on it for the king before i know also speak freely knows these things for i am convinced that none of these things escapes his attention since this thing was not done in a corner king agrippa do you believe the prophets i know that you do then king agrippa said to paul you must you also persuade me to be a Christian? You almost persuade me to be a Christian. And Paul said, I would to God that not only you, but also all those who hear me today might become both among, become both amongst almost 
and altogether such as I am, except for these chains. Hey, Paul's going at it, man. That's his commission. He's called to preach, and he is not going to shut his mouth. And you know what? You have been called to preach. I have been called to preach. And we are not to shut our mouths when we go to work. We need to let everybody know that we're a Christian. We need to let them know that we in experience to them or show them through your faith that, you know, your actions will prove who you are. In other words, they're watching you like a hawk to see if you are going to live up to what you say. Then in 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 1. 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 1 or verse 11 and 12, I'm sorry. According to the glorious gospel of the blessed God which was committed to my trust. That's what God has done with all of us here today. He committed his glorious gospel of the his of the blessed God which is committed to our trust and I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me because I count he counted me faithful putting me into the ministry Paul knows who put him into the ministry Matt's headed to Brazil here shortly his flight is what September or February 1st to Brazil he knows who sent him or he wouldn't be going Believe me, I'd hate to lose him, but listen, I ain't going to stand in God's way. God's going to take him where he, where he needs to be. And not only, is he going to, not only is he going to preach the gospel, but he's going to teach others to preach the gospel in a foreign language, in, in English. Great. The gospel of God, verse, verse 1. The gospel of God, which he had promised before through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. God, Paul is saying here to the Roman church, you know, that he's going to preach the gospel of God, which he had, which God had promised before through his prophets. Paul is saying, I'm not teaching you anything different. You already know it. The gospel is hidden in the Old Testament. And the Old Testament is revealed in the New Testament. Now we can see what's going on. You know, you the gospel... Uh, what he had promised and what did God promise salvation to every man's soul that receives him as savior but as many as received him he gave them the right to become the children of God even to those who believe in his name you know it's uh, it's it's what the gospel of God's been telling us all along that messiah is going to come just turn to Deuteronomy chapter 18 okay Deuteronomy chapter 18. Here's Moses. He's on his way out. He's going to be, he's going to be taken by God up into the mountain. The Lord's going to bury him in the mountain. Here's what Moses says before he leaves Israel. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your midst and your brethren. Him shall you hear. Moses is saying, when this prophet comes, this high prophet, you better listen to him. That prophet there in, in your King James or New King James should be capitalized. That means the Messiah. Okay? The Lord God will send or raise up for you a prophet, the Messiah, like me, from your midst, from your brethren. Him shall you hear. And if you went to Acts chapter 3 and verse 22... Acts chapter 3, and verse 22. For Moses truly said to the fathers, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. Him shall you hear in all things, whatever he says to you. And it shall be that every soul who will not hear that prophet, Messiah, Jesus, shall be utterly destroyed from amongst the people. Listen, the gospel is good news. This is not good news if you're utterly destroyed. The good news is you can live forever just by putting your faith in Jesus Christ. Because God promised you salvation even in the book of Deuteronomy. 
and so many other places. Psalm 22, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus cries out from the cross. That whole chapter describes crucifixion that wasn't even invented yet whenever it was written, whenever Psalms was written. Unbelievable. Even Isaiah 53, all of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us have turned to his own way. That the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all, the sin of us all to fall on him. Listen, the prophets foretold this. Isaiah 42, Isaiah 29, Isaiah 61 says that when this prophet comes, the deaf will hear, the blind will see, the dead will be raised up, the lepers will be cleansed. Oh, boy, you know, it's, it's all through the scriptures. You can't deny who the Lord Jesus Christ is. Hebrews, Hebrews um, 1, 1 says, who at various times, talking about God, who has at various times and various ways spoken times past to the fathers by the prophets. God's been speaking to the prophets way back. Moses was a prophet. You know, he's the beginning of this thing. Even Enoch, the sixth, the seventh from Adam, was a prophet. He said the Lord's going to return with his multitudes. You know, he's prophesying of the second coming. Listen, the prophets foretold the coming of the Messiah through the gospel of grace. Even First Peter 1, 9 and 10, the salvation of your souls of the salvation the prophets have inquired and searched carefully who prophesied of the grace that would come to you. This is talking about, you know, Jesus transformed the old covenant into the new covenant by grace. Even post-resurrection, Luke 24, 44 says, uh, These are the words which I have spoken to you while I was still with you. This is Jesus talking that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the Mosaic Law and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. Everything's going to have to, everything's pointing to Jesus Christ and him alone. Daniel chapter 7, Jesus comes riding in on the clouds because the horns are making great blasphemies against Almighty God, the Ancient of Days. And the sun comes in, in a cloud. He ruins their day, believe me. And these things are written, verse 3. Let me turn back to, to our passage here, Romans chapter 1. We're still on, I think we're on verse 2 now. Which he promised before through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh. First John tells us not to believe every spirit, but to test every spirit, whether they are from God or not, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you will know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. You know, there's people out there that think they're in a Christian uh, religion, and they think that they, they say that Jesus didn't come in the flesh. He was a spirit. You know, nonsense. The scriptures clearly tell you. You know, if you'd quit listening to your teacher who is off scripture base and read the scriptures, you would find out that Jesus came in the flesh. He came in the flesh. He was pierced for our transgressions. How can you pierce the spirit? He was pierced for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. You know, this is nonsense. You've got to read your Bible. You know, I tell everybody, listen, the church today needs to be Bereans. They need to check out what their pastors and elders and teachers are telling them to make sure it's true. Make sure it's true. Verse 4, And I declare and declare to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection of the dead. Depare, that word declared is horizo, which means marked out. It's been marked out for you that the Son of God with power and in the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. The resurrection from the dead is the, what can I say? It's the, the base power. If, it, if Jesus wasn't raised from the dead, your Christianity would be in vain. 
You can read that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, starting in the 17th verse. Paul says, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, we are to be most pitied. I could go on and on. I could spend uh, a whole service on that with no problem, which I'm thinking about right now, by the way. <laughs> so anyway, declared. It's horizo, marked out, manifested by a display of power. Jesus came on the scene with a display of power. He didn't just say he was the Son of God. He proved he was the Son of God, and his resurrection from the dead sealed it. It sealed it. First Acts chapter 10, verse 38, Jesus anointed with power, went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him, for God was with him. For God was with him. I got that repeated twice. I don't know why I do that. What did Jesus do? I just told you. The prophets Isaiah, you know, 16, uh, 61, Isaiah 61, Isaiah, 60, Isaiah 29, Isaiah 40. Two, he'll tell you that when he comes, when the Messiah comes, he's going to have a display of power. The blind are going to see, the deaf are going to hear, the crippled are going to walk, the lepers are cleansed, the oppressed will go free, the dead will be praised. And then, not only that, but even the church is supposed to have a display of power. These signs accompany those who believe in my name, says Acts 16. In my name, Jesus says, this is Jesus talking when he says this. He says, these signs will accompany those, follow you. These signs will accompany those who believe in my name. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues, and if they drink deadly poison, it shall not hurt them. You know what? Mark wrote that verse, and I don't believe he even heard that Paul shook that viper off on the island of Malta. They knew it. These signs, these were revealed in the Old Testament that these things would happen. Notice, with power according to the spirit of holiness. Listen, you aren't going to be doing it in your own power. You have to be a holy saint of God, cleansed by the blood of Jesus in order to do these things. And you've got to have faith. And there's a whole bunch of other things that are, are critical to you being able to, to uh, heal people. I believe that. The spirit raised Jesus from the dead. So if we have the Holy Spirit within us, the same spirit to raise Jesus from the dead, then that's a lot of power we have. Romans 8, chapter, chapter 8, verse 11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. <laughs> Listen. It's the Spirit of God that's in you that's going to do all these things. The Spirit of holiness. I'll end it with the fifth verse. And then we'll maybe continue next week. The fifth verse of, of Romans chapter 1. Through him we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among the nations for his name among whom you also are the called of Jesus Christ. Number one, received through grace and apostleship. Okay? By whom we have received grace and apostleship. Paul's talking about himself. He's, he's received grace. He was a murderer. He received grace and an apostleship. He's having a hard time trying to figure that one out. God's grace is, is really amazing, church. He, this, his grace actually made Paul an apostle to preach the gospel. Number two, obedience to the faith. It says here, 
by whom we receive grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. Obedience to the faith. If a man fails to have faith, he is lost. Do you realize that? If you do not have faith in Jesus Christ right now, you are lost in your sins. That's what this is saying. You are lost in your sins. John 3.16, everybody knows this verse. If you've ever been near a Christian in your life, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And whoever believes in him will not perish. Remember, remember I talked about that word believe? It's a bond servant. You are chained to him. That word believe means you are chained to Jesus Christ. And Jesus promises if you're chained to him, he ain't never going to let you go. You know the devil will never snatch you out of his hands. And Mark 16, 16, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. Believes and is baptized. There's other verses that leave the baptized out. This, this could be talking about your baptism in the Holy Spirit. It could be talking about the baptism in water. We need to know that. Listen, by whom you have received grace and apostleship. Remember, we're going to get on next week about Paul's came to them so that he might lay hands on them and impart some spiritual impart some spiritual gift. And I'll tell you what, these gifts need to be taught in the church today. There's 16 of them from my studies of scriptures, and I'll touch on them. These gifts need to be be used not used but uh they need to be yeah used is a good word they need to be used in the church today and not just blow them off they're very important to to the church walking in power and the authority of jesus christ so let's pray we'll end it there we'll continue on the seventh verse next week father today we just thank you for your your word, Lord, so deep. We can't even touch bottom, Lord. Can't even touch bottom. Yet, we never drowned either. Lord, you are so awesome. Lord, as we look into your word, we see the beauty of your holiness. As we study, as we read, as we quote, as we preach, and as we teach others, whether it be with words or in actions. So, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that you take your word, your Holy Spirit takes your word teach, taught tonight, and that we who are pondering, are we a bond servant of Jesus Christ or not, will finally make that total decision and agree to be a galley slave chained to Jesus all the days of their life for the work that he called them to. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you, church. Love you all.